Welcome into the Big Boy Sports Corner. My name is Nick Winstead, and I am joined by Randall Davis. Randall, how are we doing today? Doing great. Excited to talk a little NASCAR. I think since we started this thing, I don't know, three months ago, whatever it's been, two and a half, three months ago, uh, the thing I've anticipated the most was was diving into NASCAR. Um, you know, obviously we're gigantic football fans, Tennessee football fans, but you know, I've gotten to the point, especially since we've become such good friends, that NASCAR is just a uh, you know, I kind of live and breathe for it on Sundays. And we're going in starting, you know, this Sunday on a 37-week stretch where we've got 36 races. And so um, excited to dive into the 2023 preview, talk a little Daytona 500. So let's let's do this thing. Yeah, we're both big NASCAR fans. I've been a NASCAR fan, gosh, 25 years, uh, ever since the late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, like Randall said, we're huge football fans, huge Tennessee football fans. Uh, but when it comes to Sunday, even during football season, when the NFL's rolling, um, we're we're going to be watching NASCAR, uh, and we love it. We love going to races, love talking about it, love watching it. So this week on the corner, like Randall said, we're going to be previewing the 2023 NASCAR season, which kicks off this coming Sunday at the Daytona 500. Uh, we're going to talk new drivers, new teams talk about our most anticipated events, uh, races that we're, we plan on going to, and then races that we really look forward to watching. Uh, we're also this week going to have a double Power Five uh, with our top five playoff contenders and also our top five Cup Series teams going into this season. And then on the Big Boys Corner Picks, our pick this week, we're going to pick our Daytona 500 winner. So let's burn some rubber. Jumping right into the 2023 NASCAR preview. First thing we want to do is just look at, go through the teams, you know, talk about team changes, new teams, new drivers. Um, you know, the biggest changes this year, um, and we've got a list of them here, is we'll start with A.J. Allmendinger. Um, A.J. Allmendinger has, has raced part-time for colleague in the Cup Series over the last couple of years. Obviously, he's been a full-time Xfinity driver. Um, he's going to be full-time in the number 16 uh, colleague Chevy this year. Um, certainly think he's going to be competitive. He's a, he's a great road course driver, really good at the short tracks. Um, and colleague has become a really, really good um, plate team. So I, I certainly think that we, we've got a chance to uh, see A.J. Allmendinger, Allmendinger do some special things. Yeah, this is this is guy, A.J. Allmendinger, who – uh, was in the Cup Series full-time, raced for Penske and, and had some issues there, raced for JTD, JTG Darty, and won his first Cup race at Watkins Glen, <clears throat> goes back down to the Xfinity and really resets his career. Uh, led the regular season Xfinity standings for most of the year last year, won five races, and obviously, like you said, is a really good road course driver. Uh, and with the NASCAR schedule this year setting up with multiple road courses, uh, you've got Coda, you've got uh, the Indy Road Course, you've got the Roval, uh, of course, and you have Watkins Glen and Sonoma. You've got the Chicago Street Course. Um, very easily, you know, you could pencil in Almondinger as a as a playoff driver this year. And then outside of that, he's he's good at 
Martinsville. He's good at Bristol. He's good at the plate track. So very, very interesting, very anticipated to see how he takes that uh, step in the cup this year and, and maybe, you know, moves colleague up into a, a playoff contender. Yeah, I think the thing A.J. can do as well is he can come in and mentor Justin Haley, who is in a contract year, needs to have a big year. You know, A.J. did that in the, the Xfinity Series, and, and Justin Haley had a lot of success. Um, you know, last year with them running more of a, uh, you know, all-star team mm-hmm. with that 16, you know, Haley never got to have that cohesiveness uh, week in and week out of having a, a playoff or having a teammate there uh, in the college car. So, um, you know, next, Ty Gibbs is replacing Kyle Busch in the now number 54 Joe Gibbs Toyota. It's going to be really weird not seeing the 18 on the track. Yeah, the first time since the, the early 90s when, gosh, I almost said Bobby Labonte, pre-Bobby Labonte, Dale Jarrett comes in the Gibbs and, and wins the Daytona 500 in 93, and then Bobby Labonte, Runs it for a long time, wins the Cup Series championship, and then obviously Kyle Busch runs uh, the 18 car from 2008 to 2022, won 50 something races, two championships. So yeah, it's definitely going to be a, an odd thing to not see the 18 on the track. Uh, kind of similar to not a similar situation, but kind of similar to not seeing the the three car on the track. You know, when when Earnhardt passed away, but Definitely uh, Ty Gibbs won the 2022 Xfinity Championship. Super talented driver. Going to have all the backing in the world with with JGR, with Monster, with with Interstate and the other sponsors that he has lined up. TRD, Toyota's obviously going to that's, – that's their flagship, uh, flagship organization. So, be, again, interesting to see – can Ty Gibbs replicate that success in the Cup? Now, is he going to come in the Cup this year and win seven races? Obviously not. But I do think he wins at least one, and I think he's a playoff driver. I mean, the the money and the talent's there. There's there's no reason other than his lack of experience, which he raced a ton of races last year when Kurt Busch uh, had his concussion and set out the majority of the year. So be interesting to see – you know, Ty Gibbs in that Rookie of the Year battle, and obviously we'll touch on the the guy that he's going to compete with for that Rookie of the Year battle in just a second. Yeah, and then moving on, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about him, Noah Gregson, moving from uh, Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series to the number 42 Legacy Motor Club uh, Chevrolet. Um, you know, Noah had a really fantastic Xfinity Series um, season last year. I think he has something like 13 Xfinity wins does, in the last yeah. two or three seasons. So – you know, he'll be competing with Ty Gibbs in the um, Rookie of the Year battle. And, and, man, couldn't have two polar opposites, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Noah Gregson a couple of years ago was a guy I didn't, I didn't care much for. Mm-hmm. But the more he's been out there, you know, he's a, he, he's got some swagger. He's got some, you know, definitely he's one of those guys I feel like that you really either like or you, you hate. Yeah. And um, I've, I've made this comparison at times in conversation, but – I think he is kind of the new age Kyle Busch. Mm. And mm. do I think he's as good as Kyle Busch? I, I, we're way off from that, yeah. right? Yeah. But he has that same attitude of I don't care. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to move you if I need to. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to win. And he, ta- he is obviously extremely talented behind the wheel of the race car. 
and it helps he's also from Las Vegas. So maybe yeah. it's just a Las yeah. Vegas thing. Yeah. Um, but him going over to the to the number 42, replacing Ty Dillon, who's going over to uh, the Spire number 77 this year. What do you think, Noah, um, his outlook for this season is? I think, obviously, he's he's coming into a good team. Now, obviously, he's not coming into a Gibbs car or a Hendrick car or a Penske car. But I do think that the newly branded Legacy Motor Club, formerly Petty GMS, you know, they won a race last year with Eric Jones, uh, won the Southern 500 with Eric Jones. Eric Jones was very competitive at the plate tracks, very competitive at other tracks. Uh, so I do think he can come in. He can be competitive. Um, obviously, having Jimmy Johnson in the fold now uh, as, a, as a part owner, you know, obviously the, the money's there. But just having a seven-time 80-plus win driver uh, pumping in knowledge uh, into this team uh, can be super beneficial, especially for a new driver. Uh, and Eric Jones has been around a little while, but he's he's not a, a super veteran. Like, he's not been in Cup 10, 12 years. But when you've got a guy like Jimmy Johnson that's raced, you know, been in a race car 20-plus years, um, feeding knowledge into Eric Jones, feeding knowledge into Noah Gregson. I think Noah Gregson can be competitive. He's obviously a really good driver. Won eight uh, Xfinity races last year, won something – at one point, like three or four races in a row. Uh, Final four driver in the Xfinity, like we said, super talented, super outspoken, uh, which is kind of a a breath of fresh air in a way. You know, our two favorite drivers, Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, super talented behind the wheel, not that great behind the mic, you know. And that's, and that's just not their personality. That's not a knock on them. But you get a guy like Noah Gregson coming in, He's definitely going to speak his mind. He's definitely going to be talented on the track. Um, I do think there'll be a bit of a learning curve just coming in the NASCAR full-time. He raced, I think it was 16 or something races last year uh, in a college car. But I don't I don't want to go out on a limb and say that Noah Gregson's going to win a race. Now, we had 19 different drivers in the Cup Series win a race last year. So... The opportunity is obviously there. You race four times a year at Daytona Talladega. You race twice a year at Atlanta, which has turned into a, a mini Daytona. So the opportunities are going to be there. I think he's a fringe, you know, 17th, 18th, 19th in points type of driver coming into this year. Yeah, and, and then just a few um, we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Josh Balicki is going to drive a partial schedule. Uh, for the number 78 Live Fast uh, Motorsports team. Uh, they're moving over from Ford to Chevy this year. Um, I think they're going to be um, kind of in the same garage as RCR yeah. and some of those guys. So Zane Smith, um, defending Truck Series champion, is going to be running six races in the number 38 Front Row Motorsports, um, running the Daytona 500 in an open car, and then he's going to run five in the 38 um, in place of Todd Gill. And obviously probably a sponsorship thing. Yeah. You know how, how the NASCAR world – runs when it comes to sponsorship. And then uh, Ryan Priest um, replacing Cole Custer in the number 41. You know, we, we originally recorded this episode um, a couple weeks ago before the clash, right. had some technical difficulties, and we talked a little bit about the clash. But, man, Ryan Priest was impressive. Mm-hmm. We know that he comes from a, you know, a 
modified background, short tracks, or, or places he's always going to be competitive. When he's gotten the truck, um, you know, the last few years, he's been really competitive, won at Nashville two years in a yeah, row. two years in a row. And so, <clears throat> obviously, we know Stuart Haas has not been up to par with what they expect and what they have been in years past. But last year, they still had wins from Kevin Harvick, two wins from Kevin Harvick, a win from Cole Custer, not Cole Custer, Chase Briscoe. Yeah. Um, so, can Priest come in there in that 41 car and make it more competitive than Custer? I think he finished something like 27th or 28th in the standings last year, Cole Custer. And in a Stuart Haas Ford, that's just – it's not good enough. And he has a ton of – you know, Gene Haas was on his side, and, and his dad works for, for Stuart Haas. But at the end of the day, results is the thing. It's a results-driven yeah. sport. And if you can't get the results, then – you know, I think it's going to be good for him to go back down to the Xfinity Series where he was pretty dominant yeah. and see if he can do that again. So, now to the big one. The biggest change for this year, it's going to throw everyone for a loop. We've seen him on track once already, and it's still – I don't think it sunk in. For me, um, Kyle Busch moving from Joe Gibbs over to number eight, Richard Childress Racing Chevrolet. Um, hasn't been in a Chevy since he was with Hendrick in 07. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking 15, 16 seasons. Kyle Busch, obviously, one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time. You know, you could have the conversation about where he's at, but he's won over 100 Xfinity Series races. He's won a ton of truck series races. Um, seemingly, every time he gets in a truck, he wins. Um, and, you know, he's won 60-ish cup races yeah. somewhere in that range. And, and so um, – you know, can he bring some life back to RCR where that number eight was competitive last year? You know, Tyler Reddick won three races last year in that car, and, and so it's not that it was a slouch. I think the biggest thing for, for them was the consistency. Mm -hmm. And you know that Kyle Busch is going to come in and make your program better regardless because of the knowledge he brings and the experience he brings. What did you think about seeing Kyle Busch out there in that number eight Chevy uh, at the Clash? Like you said, it's still – hadn't really sunk in. I kept, honestly, watching practice, watching qualifying, kept looking for an interstate batteries 18 car, you know, because that's just that's what we've seen since 2008 is Kyle Busch in the 18. So, but even, even further back with the 18 is, I mean, you're talking 93? Yeah. I mean, to that that's still the craziest thing to me is just to look out on the, on the track and there just not be a number 18. Yeah. You know, you go all the way back to the Del Jarrett years, and then Bobby Labonte wins a championship with them. Obviously, Del Jarrett won the Daytona 500. Bobby Labonte wins a championship in 2000, and Kyle Busch won two championships for him. You know, and, and to not see a number 18 Interstate or number 18 M&M's car out there, yeah, I'm just not going to – it's going to be a while before it sinks in, but – that number eight car looks good. Oh yeah, they yeah. that that new font on the number eight is is pretty hot. They went went chrome with it. Um, you know, obviously he's got a lot of a lot of sponsors that mm -hmm. he's picked up with NetSpend and Cheddar's is sticking around and Three Chi and and some of those um, companies. So, um, but talk about how competitive he was in the Clash. Yeah, I mean he he finished third, I believe, second or third, something like that. And that's – we say that's a Kyle Busch-type track, but honestly, every track is, is a Kyle Busch-type track. But he's, he's super dominant. 
has been super dominant at the short tracks. Has won a ton of races at what I would consider. I grew up 35 minutes from there, and it's a couple hours from here. Our home track of Bristol has won a ton of races at Martinsville, Richmond, etc. So this type of short track, obviously, he's really good at, and it it almost seems like in in the talk about this, almost a rejuvenated Kyle Busch. You know, you can you can be in a certain place for a while or a certain team, whether it's, you know, NFL, MLB, obviously we're talking NASCAR, and after a while things just kind of run its course, you know. And maybe things had run its course with Kyle Busch at JGR. Um, in 2020, 21, and 22, he won – one, two, and one races. Uh, and a big thing that, that helps Kyle Busch is practice and qualifying. He's really good at communicating with his team, with his crew chief, of what his car needs. And we haven't had that in the past couple of years. Obviously, in 2020, with COVID, they, they cut out practice and qualifying. Um, so you just roll out the car and run. Uh, in 2021, 22, they start adding a little bit. I think this year they're going to have more track time. Obviously, you're going to qualify at every race. So I think that's going to help Kyle Busch. And just being in a new place, uh, a new team, a new opportunity, I think is really going to help him. And feel, feeling invigorated, right? Like, yeah. You know, after everything that happened last year with the negotiations, and you know that took a lot out of them. Yeah. And so to – I think after it was kind of a foregone conclusion he wasn't coming back, he kind of probably looked at it, and I'm not saying this is right, but it's very Kyle Busch-esque, right, to say, y'all don't think I'm worth it, I'm going to show you how I'm not worth it, right? right. So he went out and did his job, and, and he's the guy, he gets behind the wheel, he's always wanting to win. Yeah. But was he going to put the extra time in the shop and with the engineers? And um, I, I don't think so. Right. And so I think it was best for all parties. Still going to be weird to see Kyle Busch not in a Toyota, um, but I certainly think he has a chance to have a really good year. Um, so that's all the new drivers, teams, switches. So now we're just going to do a rundown of the, the existing um, guys, teams. And so you look at um, right now in, in NASCAR, you've got uh, something like seven Chevrolet teams. Um, Obviously, Hendrick Motorsports. You've got the number five, Kyle Larson, 2021 Cup champion. Uh, number nine, Chase Elliott, 2020 Cup champion. 24, William Byron, and the 48 of Alex Bowman. So you, you saw there, I said two two of the previous three Cup champions. <laughs> yeah. You know Hendrick's going to be competitive. You know yeah. they're going to put a great product out on the um, racetrack. And, and at the end of the day, you've got four really good race car drivers. Um, you know, Kyle Larson – arguably is the most talented driver in the world currently with what he can do in anything. Um, we know what Chase Elliott is, right? Chase is also an extremely talented race car driver, son of Bill Elliott, um, one of the greatest drivers in, in NASCAR history, and um, putting, a, putting a pretty good uh, you know start on the first six, seven years of his career as well. William Byron won a couple races last year. Alex Bowman always finds a way to win a couple you don't think he's going to, and then he pops out of nowhere and wins them, right? So um, those are your Hendrick cars. Uh, JTG Daughtery, they're they're back with uh, Ricky Stenhouse. I think this is his third or fourth year mm -hmm. with them. Um, Colleague, we talked a little bit about A.J. Allmendinger in the 16. 
Um, Justin Haley will be in the 31. Um, Legacy Motor Club, previously known as Petty GMS, Richard Petty Motorsports, um, new ownership there with, with Jimmy Johnson, is going to have the number 42 with Noah Gregson and number 43 with Eric Jones. Richard Childress, we talked a little bit about them. They obviously have the number eight with Kyle Busch and the number three of Austin Dillon, Richard's grandson. Um, the last two Chevy teams, Spire Motorsports, seven, Corey LaJoy, um, going into his third season with them. And this year, the number 77 is going to be Ty Dillon. And then rounding out in their third year as a team, Trackhouse, um, with the number one, Arash Chastain, finished second last year, and the 99 of Daniel Suarez. Nick, talking about those Chevy teams, you know, who sticks out to you? Um, anything that you think jumps out about going into this season with the, them? Obviously, there's a lot of them, right? Seven yeah. of those seven teams is a pretty big number. Um, what do you see with those those uh, Chevys moving forward? You know, obviously, you've got arguably the best uh, organization. And we'll talk about our, our top five Cup Series teams going into this year with our Power Five. But obviously, you've got Hendrick Motorsports. All four drivers were in the – all four drivers are consistently in the playoffs every single year. Uh, in 2022, all four drivers in the playoffs. Alex Bowman – uh, had a concussion later in the year, but that was during the playoffs. So he qualified and, and raced in the playoffs. You got Chase Elliott, a perennial Final Four, uh, Final Four appearance, um, 2020 champion Kyle Larson, 2021 champion. In 2022, they won 11 races, which they won more than any organization did. Um, so obviously, they're. Super great cars, super talented drivers, money at the wazoo. So, obviously, they're going to be pretty dominant. Um, RCR coming in this year, I can only I only think they're going to continue to get better. Last year, they won four races, one with Austin Dillon, three with Tyler Reddick. You know, you bring on Kyle Busch this year, arguably over the past 15 years, the greatest NASCAR driver, you know, right up there. Obviously, Jimmy Johnson won it ton of championships in that era, but Kyle Busch has won races, won championships. I only think he's going to make Austin Dillon better. Um, you know, both of those cars qualified for the playoffs last year as well. Then you've got Legacy Motor Club with Eric Jones, Noah Gregson. Eric Jones won a race last year, was competitive, uh, was on the outside of the playoffs because he won the race, won the Southern 500 during the playoffs. Like we said, I only think uh, now they've got a third car. You know, Jimmy Johnson's going to run five races this year in the number 84 Kavana car, uh, starting with the Daytona 500. So I only think they're going to continue to get better. Um, then the other big Chevy team, you've got Trackhouse. Uh, like we said, Eric, not Eric Jones, sorry, Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain, again, both qualified for the playoffs. Ross Chastain won two races. Daniel Suarez won the one race at Sonoma. His first Cup Series win finally broke through with that. Um, Ross Chastain finishes second in the points, qualifies for the Final Four with his bonsai move at Martinsville, which is now going to be the last bonsai move like that. NASCAR um, outlawed that move. Um, so, obviously, they're going to be really good. Um the question with, with Trackhouse is can they 
sustain that type of success? Do I think Chastain is going to be an every single year Final Four driver? Probably not. There's way too many talented drivers, way too many talented teams for Chastain to consistently, year in and year out, be a Final Four driver. Can he be a year in, year out playoff driver? Sure. There's 16 drivers that qualify for the playoffs. So I definitely think on a consistent basis he can be one of those 16. Can Suarez pick up win number two or win number three, four, whatever, this year coming up? I definitely think that he's he's in a really good spot. Uh, he raced for Joe Gibbs Racing, and that just – I think they – Edwards retired quickly and they brought Suarez up. I think they brought him up a little too too quickly, and he really struggled in that 19 car. Uh, has has found new life in this 99 car. You know, Justin Marks, really good team owner. I watched a video the other day on YouTube talking about that Trackhouse just does everything right. You know, they they their their social media is right. Their sponsors are right. They they push their drivers and they push their team in, the, in a way that people, some people uh, are going to follow that. Some people are going to like that. Some people don't like Ross Chastain, you know. Um, he definitely, <laughs> my co-host. admittedly one of those. You know, and whether you like him or not, um, he's entertaining. And he makes moves on the track that are exciting. Does he make moves on the track that he probably shouldn't? Yeah, for sure. Okay, he's had about 87 run-ins with Denny Hamlin just last year. And had one in the clash again. He, he did, yeah. And <laughs> I don't had, think he, Denny's taking him off that list. He's, he's had run-ins with Chase Elliott, you know. Uh, but definitely be interesting to see if they can continue that trend of having both of their cars uh, in the playoffs. But definitely of the Chevy teams, far and above Hendrick, Hendrick's the top dog and has been for years. Yeah. And you go look at the Fords, and there are – I actually forgot one Chevy team. We, we talked about it already, Live Fast, moving from Ford to Chevy. Yeah. Uh, B.J. McLeod and uh, Matt Tift, owners of that. Um, Ford has six teams. Front Row Motorsports, they have the 34 of uh, Michael McDowell, 38 Todd Gilland, and Zane Smith. Uh, RFK Racing, and year two of uh, ownership there with, with Keselowski – who's going to be in the number six car, and Chris Busher in the 17. Rick Ware Racing, uh, who's now in partnership with RFK Racing um, with the number 15 that I think J.J. Yaley is going to run yeah. quite a bit this year. Um, and then the 51 of Cody Ware, Rick Ware's son. And then the two big teams, Wood Brothers is left um, besides the two big ones. They're, they're kind of in partnership with Penske. Um, you know, Harrison Burton running for them in the 21 car. Um, but the two big ones, Team Pitsky, uh, number two, Austin Sendrick, Ryan Blaney, the greatest, uh, in the number 12 car, and your defending cup champion, Joe Logano, in the number 22 car. And then you have Stuart Haas, who has uh, the number four car with Kevin Harvick in his last year. Um, and now he's retiring, moving up to the Fox booth in 24. Uh, Eric Almarola, who – was going to retire and then decided, ah, you know, I'm going to come back for two more years. <laughs> right. So uh, he's back in the number 10, the number 14 of Chase Briscoe, and the number 41 of Ryan Priest, who we've already talked about a little bit. Um, 
I mean, I think it's pretty easily the best team in the Ford campus, Penske. For sure. Um, Haas, yeah. is, Haas has obviously uh, won a championship with Harvick, um, won a championship with Stewart not long after he yeah. – maybe his first year, first yeah. or second year that he yeah. moved over there. Um, but haven't won one since they've been in a Ford. Um, but they're still going to be a really competitive team. They have Tony Stewart and Gene Haas as mm-hmm. their co-owners. So, obviously, they've, they've got – some money and some people who care about racing there. Um, but Penske defending champion, um, you know, Ryan Blaney, who was a top two or three driver in points all year, Austin Sendrick defending Daytona 500 winner. Um, I think it's pretty easily team Penske is your best Ford team. And then looking at your two Toyota teams, um, obviously Joe Gibbs, um, you know, they have the number 11 with our favorite Denny Hamlin. Oh yeah. Love Denny Hamlin. Um, he, he's the greatest. Um, <laughs> Number 19, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, I almost, you wanted to say yeah, 18. I did. <laughs> Number 19 with Martin Truex Jr. Um, coming back, I, I think this is probably his last year. I won, think so. Won, won the yeah. clash, looked good, looked invigorated. Uh, number 20, Christopher Bell, who had a great run in the playoffs last year, got into the Final Four. And then the number 54 Rookie of the Year candidate, J- uh, Joe Gibbs' grandson, Ty Gibbs. So that's your team rundown. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more in our uh, double Power Five today about who our top teams are right now in NASCAR. Um, just to hit on a couple new sponsors, um, Interstate is expanding with Gibbs um, and spreading out to all four cars. So they already ran the uh, number 20 was yeah. Interstate at the Clash, and it's a good-looking good car. Good-looking car, yeah. Um, they're going to be on all four teams at some point this year. going to be really weird seeing Denny Hamlin not in a FedEx car or – you know, he, he did an offer pad car a couple yeah. years ago. and But to see him in a green number 11 uh, interstate car will be different. Um, Celsius, uh, official drink of the Big Boy Sports Corner. <laughs> if you all want to throw some money at us, send it on over. We'll take um, it. Celsius, Live Fit Energy, they're going to be – they're a big sponsor with Colleague. Um, mm-hmm. They ran – I think maybe both cars were Celsius at the Clash. Yeah. The 31 for sure was. And he's – you know, he does a lot – uh, Justin Haley runs a lot of the Leaf Filter, which is colleagues' company. Yeah. Um, but this year they're going to be sponsoring Corey LaJoy starting with the Daytona 500. Gives me another reason to cheer for Corey LaJoy. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan of Corey LaJoy. Love his podcast. Um, would really love to see him get an opportunity in a really good car. I think he's a talented driver. And his window's closing, unfortunately. You know, NASCAR's not like football where you can't do it in your 30s, but you just don't see a lot of big-time guys or, or – that got their start in this day and age at 31 or 32. Right, right. Obviously, back in the day of Dale Earnhardt and those guys, they didn't start racing until they were in, in Cup Series until they were in their late 20s. Yeah, you know, they, they would race local short tracks for seven, eight years before they'd move up to Cup. Or they would run, you know, like Dale Earnhardt started his first uh, Winston Cup race in 75. So they'd run spot races here and there, but now um, – yeah, you you think Joey Logano was 18 years old as a rookie. You know, Kyle Busch started really young. Ty, Gibbs is, Ty, Ty Gibbs is 19. Yeah. Harrison Burton was 20. You know, it's 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 becoming younger and younger and younger. And so, um, but certainly excited to see Celsius on board with Corey LaJoy. A shot gone from Chase Elliott. They'd ran four or five races a year for the last few years, yeah. and they're gone. So, that's that, you know, the, obviously – I mean, he has Napa something like 26 races a right. year. 
Um, certainly not going to be hard to sell sponsorship for Chase Elliott. Yeah, he's got Unifirst. I think he's yeah. he's running some races this year. Hooters will run their their typical couple of year. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's some more out there. Kyle Busch picked up NetSpend, which is going to do some races for him. Um, and then all over the board, Kubota um, extended their sponsorship out with with the track house and. Um, that was a pretty good looking car that Ross Chastain ran last yeah. year, and they've got some cool sponsors. You know, you talked about that they do the right things the right way. They've they've got some cool sponsors and cool paint schemes, mm-hmm. and so. And then the last new thing that we're going to talk about is uh, two new tracks on the schedule. One, um, not really new, coming back. It's been, oh gosh, eighteen, yeah, ninety six. So, been long. It's been twenty six years, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know. That 96 race, uh, who, who won that one there, Nick Winstead? Uh, Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon, uh, you know, big exec with Hendrick Motorsports, uh, probably not too far down the road, owner uh, yeah, in, in some for sure. big-time capacity with Hendrick. Yeah. Won the final race over at North Wilkesboro. They're bringing it back for the all-star race. Really cool, really cool track. You know, Dell Earnhardt Jr., um, Marcus Smith, all those guys getting that, getting that done and getting that together is really, really good for NASCAR. Wanted to go to that one, but then they had all their late model races there, and people were waiting three hours to get yeah. out. So I think I'll watch that one on TV. <laughs> Tickets are also yeah. astronomical, which so, you kind of figure they would be. But it would be cool if this is successful. Yeah. Because even yeah. if Wilkesboro never becomes a staple as a points-paying race, it would be nice to have a track that's on your schedule that you can say this is the all-star track. Right. We'll run trucks there. We'll do late model races there throughout the year, and this is where we're going to run the all-star race. It's in North Carolina. Yeah. It's it's easy. You know, you look at some of these things NASCAR's trying to do, and I get it. You know, trying to expand out to L.A. for the Coliseum. But, man, they have to drive across country, run that race at a track that has to be purpose-built inside a football stadium, right. tour up, drive back, and then, oh, we got to get ready to go to Daytona. And so, yeah. you know, and then go back out west after Daytona. Yeah. And so, the last couple of years, they've been down at Texas. Well, again, what do what do they want to do on All Star Week? What what do you know? Any what do what do the NBA players like to do on the All Star break? What do uh, the Major League Baseball players like to do on the All Star break? They want to rest a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they like to be and at it, home. And it's hard to do that when you're in Texas. <laughs> right. And so, to have something that's right down the road from Charlotte essentially yeah. is is nice. And so. Um, we'll talk a little bit more probably about those races here in just a minute in our, you know, most anticipated events. So that's it for our teams and, you know, new teams, new drivers kind of preview. And, and now we're going to get into um, our our races that we're most excited about. And uh, we'll be back uh, momentarily. Now we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about races uh, and tracks that we're most excited about this year. And then also we're going to talk about some races that uh, we're either definitely going to be at or going to look at. You know, we go to uh, several races every year, at least, you know, three or four races together uh, and a couple of other of our buddies. And, you know, it's just we we love NASCAR, obviously love talking NASCAR, love watching NASCAR. But being at the racetrack 
watching the race is super, super exciting. So we love that. So obviously starting off the year, uh, super excited about Daytona 500. You know, we love Daytona. We've been to Daytona. Went a couple couple of years ago when Ryan Blaney won the the Coke Zero 400 in the in the August race. So always love to see the season get kicked off. You know, obviously we had the clash uh, a couple weeks ago at the LA Coliseum, but this is the this is the big deal. This is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. So definitely looking forward to the Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday. Um, and then a race we're looking to uh, attend is the Bristol Dirt Race, the Truck Dirt Race. Um, the Bristol Cup Dirt Race is on Easter Sunday night, and I would really prefer to not be in the doghouse with the wife and the kids, so I will be watching that race uh, at the house, but definitely looking forward to, to going to the, the truck race. You know, I, I grew up 35 minutes from Bristol. Bristol's a, a couple hours from where we live now, so that would be, you know, considered our home track. And then, you know, Bristol – Bristol itself is a is a monstrosity. It's a it's a it's a crazy thing to see just how big it is. And then you know we we like all types of racing, so we like dirt racing. You know we've got some dirt tracks close to us, but to see the trucks, see NASCAR um, cars and trucks on the on the dirt will be neat to go check out. And I've I don't think I've ever been to a truck race. Now that I think about it, I you know. I'd only been to two races in my life prior to meeting you. Yeah. I went to Bristol 06, um, and I went to Bristol at an Xfinity race that Kyle Larson won back in, like, 2015 or 16. And so, um, you know, we've been to quite a few cup races since we met, but we've never been to a truck race. And so right. it'll be cool to go see a truck race for the first time for me, um, but also to see it on dirt. They've, yeah. they've put on a pretty good show with the, the truck – trucks the last couple of years there um again like dirt racing you know mm-hmm. it's one of those been to a few tracks around here obviously we have the mountain with smoky mountain speedway 411 motor speedway the gap um but also you know anytime it's on tv it's fun to just throw it on and watch a little dirt racing yeah. you know watching them yeah. things slinging their sideways is always fun so and, and then you know another race that we've talked about looking and see if we can fit into our schedules the coke 600 you know big time race last year probably the best race of the year yeah really good Um, race obviously it's the longest race of the year um but you know that's one it's not charlotte's not too far away it's within driving distance for us and um i've never been to charlotte i know you have so that's one that we've kind of put on our list of um we'd like to try to make that one yeah yeah definitely um the coke 600 when you think of NASCAR crown jewel races. You think of the Daytona 500. You used to think of the Brickyard 400. That's changed a little bit. Um, Bristol Night Race used to be the Winston 500 at Talladega. But it's always been, ever since they started racing the Coke 600 in 1960, the the 600-mile race has always been a crown jewel of, of NASCAR drivers. And you'll you look at accomplishments of drivers that are potentially going in the Hall of Fame, it's like, hey, if they want a Coke 600, you know, um, that's a very – you don't really look into winning the Coke 600. Sure, it might be fuel mileage, but you've also got to last 600 miles. So definitely um, would be excited to go to that and check that out. 
Um, and then, you know, our, our two new tracks, uh, the North Wilkesboro All-Star Race, really excited to see that back um, on the schedule. Neither one of us were have ever been to a race at North Wilkesboro. Uh, I was only four. <laughs> you were, you, were four, you were four years old, and I was eight years old when the last race. Our good buddy was actually at the last uh, North Wilkesboro race in 96, so definitely excited to see that. And if you had told me three years ago that, hey, uh, Cup Series cars are going to be on track in North Wilkesboro, I'd been like, oh, there's no way. I went, I guess it was 2014 or 2015, and, and checked out the track, and it was dilapidated. And I know they've put a, a ton of work into it. Dale Jr. has been really uh, behind that. And, you know, I was always – when Dale Jr. drove, he was always my favorite driver. Um, and I know he wasn't your favorite driver. Admittedly, he was probably my least favorite driver. But he's so good for the sport. Yeah. Um, I, I've became one of the biggest Dale Jr. fans post-retirement. That, you know, just everything he does turns to gold. Yeah. Um, and he's such an advocate for NASCAR and for preserving the history and for moving it forward. You know, it's not – He's not one of these guys that say, oh, it's got to be done the way it was done in 1995. Right. You know, he, he's always looking to how can we make it better because he knows it's an ever-changing landscape. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, for him and, and Marcus Smith, and, you know, it all started with let's go out here and get this thing in good enough shape to put it on iRacing. Let's, let's preserve it. Let's be able to race it on there. And then I think they realized once they did that, like, oh, you know, we can put a little money into this. We own it. We, yeah. we might as well – we might as well see if we can do something with it. And so, obviously, infrastructure, you know, getting in and out of the place when it comes to roads, and, and that's going to be the biggest challenge for them to figure out. But we looked at it on the maps, and look, we're no engineers, and we're no highway departments, <laughs> and but there are highways close enough that I think if they want to make this a regular thing badly enough, they can. Yeah, yeah. And so um, – yeah, all-star race at North Wilkesboro are going to be cool. Another one that, I, look, it may be a terrible race, and we may come and, and talk about it after and say, man, that was cool, is the Chicago street course race. Right. The thing that's hard for us is they took away Road America, right, yeah. which yeah. in two years has put on really good racing. Um, you know, had a buddy, a couple buddies that went up there and watched mm -hmm. that race and, and said the atmosphere was unbelievable. My thing is, is they made a rule – recently that would have made road america way better yeah um, nascar's coming out with they're not going to throw a caution flag for for uh, stage breaks for road courses anymore they're going to pay those points and keep racing right and that was one of the biggest issues there is you know you'd call a caution for a stage break and under pit road speed it's a four four and a half mile track yeah well, i mean it's taking them 10 12 minutes to get back around and get ready to go go uh pit and and do all those things and so it was a nightmare from a tv standpoint yeah and we yeah. know that tv runs this thing For they sure. tv ratings and and look i didn't turn the channel but the casual fan For sure. says man i they've just been riding around behind the pace car for the last 15 minutes i'm gonna turn it on football yeah i'm gonna turn yeah. it on you know golf I'm, whatever i'm gonna i'm gonna watch the the sunday golf uh last day of the the tournament that they're on and, right um so Hopefully, we'll see Road America back at some point and see how that change makes it. But, you know, Chicago Street Course certainly is going to be a cool atmosphere. You know, they're going to be 
right there in the middle of downtown Chicago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these cars were built to be able to go run road courses and run street courses. And, yeah. and so I just – I know they want to get back towards that market. Obviously, they were kind of there with Road America and Wisconsin yeah. up in that area. Um, but getting back into Chicagoland since – to Chicago since losing Chicagoland right. has been a, a obviously an important part of what um, NASCAR wants to do. And I think it sets up for, you know, can we go race in Mexico City? Can we go race yeah. overseas and, and do uh, similar type stuff to Formula One? Because at the end of the day, this is all pushed by Formula One as well. Right. Formula One got really popular, especially after the Netflix series. And I'm a, I'm a Formula One fan. I watch it every week just like I do NASCAR. And uh, I don't like it as much, but I do enjoy it. It's racing. Mm-hmm. Anything that goes fast, I, I enjoy watching. Yeah. Um, but this is a response to that is can we go, you know, get a Monaco-type setting where these Formula One cars are running through Monaco and people are in buildings and they're, right. in, uh, you know – they're on boats and they're, I mean, it's, it's a cool atmosphere. And so yeah. I think they're trying to, to replicate that. You know, and, and like you said, obviously they want to get back in the Chicago market. Uh, they raced since 2001 up through 2019 at Chicago land. And admittedly towards the end of its, I'm going to say towards the end of its life, the track's still there towards the end of them racing at Chicago land. It was a good race, like very competitive, uh, good, exciting race. So obviously they want to get back in that market and uh, going to the Chicago street course, they're smack dab in the middle of the market. They're in Chicago. And that's the thing about if you don't know much about NASCAR, you're just the casual fan and you, you flip on a race and it might say Atlanta Motor Speedway. Atlanta Motor Speedway is not in Atlanta. It's in Hampton, it's, which is 45 minutes south right. of Atlanta. Or if you flip on, you know, the Kansas Speedway or whatever, it's not in Kansas City. None of these tracks outside of Daytona are in the in the actual city that in they're listed. Maybe Richmond? Rich, yeah, Richmond is, has the city's grown enough that it's in the outskirts, but, um, you know, Chicagoland was an hour outside of Chicago. Jo- Joliet. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny. I mean, you talk to casual fans or people who, I want to get into it. And, yeah, I mean, you go through the list, and, and there's – you know, Bristol is really in what Bluff City. Bluff City, yeah. Um, Not that Bristol's a big metropolis, right? But but, <laughs> but still, it's all these all these tracks are listed in in Nashville is in Lebanon. It ain't. Gladeville. It really ain't it's very close at all. I mean, it's <laughs> right. a, it's a solid thirty five forty. I mean, it's yeah. closer to way closer to Murfreesboro than it is to for sure to you know to go to Murfreesboro from here. You have to pass by you have to pass Nashville yeah. Super Speedway, and yeah. so you know they get the fairgrounds back. It'll obviously be dead smack in the middle of Nashville. Right. Um, but, yeah, Chicago Street Course should be fun. It's always fun to see a new track. I mean, it, it may be a disaster, mm-hmm. but sometimes disasters are fun to watch. You like Coda the first year. Yeah, with the rain. <laughs> and, um, you know, the next one, and I'm, I'm excited about this one, Atlanta Night Race. Obviously, they've raced Atlanta at night before. Right. Um, but haven't done that in a few years. And, man, we've talked about it every time we've been down there. Atlanta in, in the summer – not a whole lot of fun. Brutal. It's Brutal. if you don't get in the right seats, it is it is just beaming down on you. It's hot, but with the new with the new configuration, kind of a mini Daytona. Yeah, and we've been to Daytona under the lights. It's it, cool. It's it's hard to beat. It's cool. And uh, you know you give that same feel to Atlanta, which is a fun track to go to. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
we've been together now twice, and, and the first time was kind of a snooze fest. It ended up working out because Ryan Blaney won, so I'm always excited about that. But the racing wasn't that great. But the atmosphere's fun. Yeah. You know, we were in the parking lot grilling out, and we had people next to us <laughs> jamming to some Lil Wayne, and we had us listening to Hank Williams. And, I mean, it's just an eclectic yeah, it, group of it, people it, down there, and place. it's fun. And, and um, you know, so putting that thing at night, running, you know, that mini super speedway race where last year when we were there, there was 50, yeah, 48 a, to 50 bunch. lead changes. Yeah. Um, Really fun race, and, and um, so seeing that, that's on a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's one that – it's in the summer, so we, we can probably try to swing that one. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's an easy drive down. Mm-hmm. I think when we went last year, we paid like 25 bucks a ticket. We yeah. can always swing that. That's easy. Yeah. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a fun track to go to for sure. And then um, then you got Darlington. You're getting into the playoffs, Southern 500. That's always, you know – they run twice a year at Darlington. Seems like the first one always falls on Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, I have a wife, and <laughs> I, again, don't want to be in the doghouse and, right. and can't can't swing that one. Um, but Darlington's always a fun race. It's an odd shaped track, yeah. you know. And if you look at the history of why, it's pretty cool. You know, farmer didn't want to have to move a pond, I believe it was, yeah. and so one one end is way narrower and and um, th- than the other, and so you have to race both turns differently. And, yeah. and so it's it's unique for drivers and especially these guys who haven't had a ton of practice time in these new cars, but let alone practice time in, in running at Darlington. You know, if yeah. you're Ty Gibbs and you're, you know, Noah Gregson and some of these young guys, you're getting in a totally different car or running at a track that you haven't got much seat time at. Right. Um, that was a big win by Eric Jones last year, who is pretty good at Darlington. Yeah, he's um, won there twice. And so that that one's one that we have on the list. And then the big one. I've never been to this one. This is the one that if I had to go to one this year and I could only go to one, this would be the one I want to try to get to just because it's close mm-hmm. and, and it's it's easily considered probably a top three or four race of the year yeah. is the Bristol Night Race. I know you were there last year. Um they, I think they're still blowing tires up there um, <laughs> yeah. from that one. But you talked a little bit about Bristol earlier. You know, for someone who's never been, the first time you drive up to Bristol and it just pops out of nowhere and you're like, oh, my gosh, this place is gigantic. And yeah. you get in the track and it just – it's a half-mile track, but it feels – I mean, it's called the last great Coliseum for a reason. It yeah. is – it's humongous. and. I had the fortunate um, – I was fortunate enough to go watch Tennessee play football there with 147,000 other people, and it was just as spectacular for that too. And so um, to go watch that race Saturday night, Bristol, you know, that that's just – it's it's up there with Daytona 500. It's yeah. up there with championship race. It's up there with Southern 500. Um, honestly, with the Indianapolis – with the brickyard gone, I think they should just make this one the next crown jewel. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. So, uh, I know you've been a few times. Talk a little bit about that one. Yeah. I've, like I said, I grew up about 35 minutes from Bristol. So I've been, gosh, probably 15, 16 times to Bristol to the, uh, to the spring race, which is usually during the day, unless it rains like it tends to sometimes in East Tennessee in April. And then I've been to the night race multiple times as well. I've been to the night race in its in its heyday, 
you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, when obviously NASCAR was, was booming, growing in popularity, you couldn't get Bristol tickets. You know, you'd be on the waiting list for season tickets for literally years. Um, <clears throat> and then kind of went through a dip there for a while. Uh, but then the, the crowd this past year at the, at the Bristol night race when Chris Busher won was a pretty good crowd. Uh, wasn't 100% capacity, but pretty good pretty good crowd so just it it harkens back to the short tracks that these guys grew up on racing on Friday night racing on Saturday night under the lights beating and banging um, the tracks a little bit bigger than that but it it harkens back to that Saturday night short track down and dirty hey we're gonna race for 500 laps who's gonna survive so and then, obviously, just, just walking into the track, it's a giant bowl. It's 160,000 seats. There's, there's tracks that are bigger in terms of capacity. There's obviously tracks that are bigger in terms of length. This is the second shortest track, if you don't count the Coliseum. Uh, but just going there is not even going into the tracks a party. You know, people camping out for a week. Uh, we've got two really good buddies that, that we go to races with and we coach with and, and hang out with, they'll go twice a year and stay for a week. And, man, it's just it's a week long hanging out, partying, having a good time. If you, if you compile a list, if I'm talking to a, a, a NASCAR, a new fan that's never been to a race, hey, Nick, give me four tracks to go to. Bristol's definitely going to be one of those four. And then another one of those four – uh, and this is really probably the uh, last race that we would attend for this season, and it's this will be the fourth annual. Hopefully, is Talladega. Yeah, we got to come up with a name for that. We do. I mean, yeah. we've, we've been to everyone since we've known each other. Um, look, we've talked about a lot of racetracks on here. Um, you've been to more than I have, but I've been to Daytona, Atlanta, Bristol, Martinsville, um, Talladega. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, Talladega is my favorite. Um, just every time we go, it's a, a, such a good time. Yeah. Um, Talladega is really fun. The atmosphere is really cool. But the racing, the first time that I stepped foot in there in 2020, and those cars were up to speed and they came by. We had really good seats that year. We did. And yeah. they came by and it was just breathtaking. Yeah. And, and I hadn't been to a race at that point. I'd only been to two Bristol races, so it was a totally different mm -hmm. feeling for me. Um, but also, it just became the thing, right? We go down there, us, J-Mo, some, some different guys. And, and uh, you know, this year we're hoping to maybe go down there and camp. It, yeah. it, it falls on a really good time for us because it's right before fall break. Um, and, and so if we could get down there, take the camper from NC's Campers. Correct. Uh, great sponsor there. Take that thing down there and – and, uh, you know, they've got so many free parking, free, yeah. free camp campsites and go down there and have a good time. And, there's you know, a there's a Bucky's close. By. There's a Bucky's, which is always an exciting time. <laughs> they have great burritos. They do. Bucky's, um, you want to throw a few dollars our way. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, you just look at, you look at, um, you know, if we get down there this year, go, go do trucks, Xfinities, and Cup because we're going to be staying down there, hopefully. Right. Um, but I tell people, if you've never been to a race, there's two places I would recommend you go. 
that I've been to. But I think most people, you probably people who've been to 25 different tracks would say these two are right up there is Bristol and Talladega. For sure. To- two totally different races. Yeah. But for someone who's like, oh, all they do is turn left. Well, wait till you stand, you know, <laughs> 500 feet from the track and they go by you at 200 miles an hour because it takes your breath away. Yeah. And it, it's uh, the wrecks that you see. Kurt Busch had a gigantic wreck in front of us the first year we were down there even though we were sniffing out some really good food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all we were worried about because it smelled great. Um, but, you know, we went, saw Denny Hamlin win. Yeah. Uh, saw Bubba get his yeah. big win down there. That's and then last cool. year saw Chase Elliott Chase beat Ryan Elliott. Blaney by like five feet. Yeah. So, always fun. We'll come up with a name for that before we go on the fourth annual uh, whatever. Someone wants to throw a name at us, throw it out, throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last race that I think, you know, obviously it's the last race of the year. It's a big race, Phoenix. Um, yeah. They've been working on new stuff for this car, the short track package. Have they fixed the car? Have they have they done enough to the, um, you know, to the arrow to, to make this a more raceable car? Because at the end of the day, the Phoenix race wasn't very good. I still contend the best car was the 12 car. Um, he was chasing Logano down, and – you know, you go back and listen to the radio, and, and the captain comes on. Penske says, hey, Ryan, be a good teammate. And, and he was, unlike and, his teammate. Correct. And, and <laughs> Blaney knew, hey, I want to go get this win, but if I go up here and pass Joey and Chastain's right on his tail, right, Ross Chastain's going to send him into the fence. There ain't no doubt yeah. about it. And so Blaney did what he had to do. He eased off a little bit and made sure he stayed in between the two. Um, but can they, you know – the talk for years was at the short tracks, you know, what package are they running? Is it the high horsepower, low downforce, or low horsepower, high downforce, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, they've got to take, they, you know, this car's running somewhere around 670 horsepower. Um, but if you continue to give it too much downforce, you know, the, the cars don't pass very well. Right. And so – you know, you've got to. They've got to continue to do stuff to the underskirting, and and they've they've toyed around with the spoiler. I think they tried down all the way down to what, like a two inch two spoiler. Inch spoiler. Yeah. Um, so, just getting the aerodynamics fixed on it. It's obviously an important race, championship race. Let's hope that they've done enough to make it a, a good competitive race this year. Yeah, I agree, and it has. To, if you've got to get one track right, <clears throat> quote unquote right. It probably needs to be the track that you're racing the championship race at. You know, for years, it was at Homestead. And Homestead is a really good track, very competitive, fast, higher banked. Uh, then they moved it to Phoenix. And it's it's not been a very good race the past couple of years. And if it's going to be your, which this year obviously is going to be, if it's going to be your championship race, it needs to be, a super competitive, one of your best tracks. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, that's it for the races. Obviously, look, we got 36 races in the next 37 weeks. We're excited about all of them. You, you, you're going to find me sitting on the couch watching most of them. Yeah. Um, next, next Sunday coming up at Daytona 500, we'll be at Tommy's house watching that bad boy. Correct. Excited about that with, with Mike Powers and Husky Powers watching a little NASCAR. So we're we're excited about that. And um, but. You know, always always good to get into a new season and uh, see see what changes have been made, new drivers, new teams. 
So now we're going to move into the Power Five. This week's Power Five segment is brought to you by NC's Campers. Look, guys, we talk a lot on here about, um, you know, our sponsors, NC's Campers, um, Tennessee Bonding Company. Seriously, though, NC's Campers, really great, really great people, great camper that we've used and plan on using again. And and here's the great thing about it, Nick. It's, you know, it's it's small enough that you could, you know, I'd go out there and pull it with my Traverse right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and it's, uh, it's still – you can sleep four people in it. Um, it's got a kitchen. It's got a canopy. You know, when we took it to Martinsville last year, we we got that thing set up, threw the canopy out, threw a table under it, and we kicked that kick back in the chairs. You know, it's a perfect camper for, for people who are going on a short trip. Um, you know, you want to go on spring break and you want to go hit the mountains for a few days. Give, give NC's campers a call. Call Joe, area code 419-575-2264. Make sure you tell them uh, you heard about it here on the Big Boy Sports Corner. And, guys, get out there and rent that camper. It's uh, it's well worth it. Y'all have a good time. And uh, uh, we we look forward to definitely using that thing at the fourth annual whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> so this week on the Power Five, it's a double Power Five, Nick. You know, we when we recorded this uh, and had technical difficulties, we did our Power Five of you know, championship contenders. And when we were talking about doing this one, I said, hey, let's do a double. Let's talk about championship contenders and the top five teams in NASCAR right now. So let's start out with our championship contenders. Nick, hit them with yours first. So I've got three honorable mentions um, with Denny Hamlin. Obviously has won 48 races, has finished second in the points several times. Last year, was in the playoffs, wasn't super competitive throughout the year. Once the playoffs came, he kicked it in the gear. Um, obviously, probably my least favorite, no, my least favorite driver of all time, but he's super talented, wins a ton of races. So I've got Denny Hamlin. Uh, then I've got Ross Chastain as another honorable mention. You know, last year, second in points, won two races, the most top tens, I believe also the most top fives of any driver in NASCAR. So he's obviously super talented. He's on a good team now. Can he keep his nose a little cleaner this year? Because if not, it'll get bloodied up for him. Maybe not literally, although sometimes they throw fisticuffs in the pits. Well, especially, look, you don't need to get on Kyle Busch's bad side, right? Right. But guess who's retiring at the end of this year? Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Don't get on his bad side because he no, don't no, care. No, no. He don't really care to begin with, but he definitely ain't going to care knowing that, hey, what do I? What are they going to do to me next year? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I'm so, going to be in the booth. <laughs> you know, you, you mess around with Kevin Harvick enough and championship comes up, what are they going to do, suspend him for the Daytona 500 next year? Yeah. Uh, too bad. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, that that's the problem with Chastain, but go ahead, continue. And then my other honorable mention, I added this one. Uh, this morning doing some prep, it's Kyle Busch. I mean, he's, again, two-time champion, won 60 races. He's won over the three series, won 200-something races, just stupid amount of wins. And this year, in a new team, we've talked about quite a bit. You know, not going to dive super deep into that in the RCR 8 car now, but could be reinvigorated. Could be uh, a new life for Kyle Busch. So he's my other honorable mention. Going from five to one, number five, Christopher Bell, a Final Four driver this year, 
um, won three races, won races in clutch time where he had to win it, uh, had to win at the Roval and won there, had to win in Martinsville and won there, won the race at New Hampshire, is super good in New Hampshire, uh, but also had a ton of top tens and a ton of top fives. So he's my number five. Number four, who's my, my number two driver, Ryan Blaney. Didn't win a race last year, won the, won the all-star race. Didn't win a points-paying race last year, but was second or third in the points throughout the majority of the year. Um, but because he didn't win a race, had to squeak into the playoffs, uh, but still super competitive, really good at plate tracks, which now really you've got six of those, counting the two Atlantas. Uh, and it's really good just about everywhere. Uh, has won a road course race, won the Roval. Has won multiple races at Talladega. Has won at um, Daytona. Won at Atlanta. Won at Michigan. So he's my number four. Number three, Kyle Larson. Had a quote-unquote down year last year. Still won races. Still in the playoffs. But didn't replicate the 2021 championship year winning ten races. But obviously super talented. Just incredible talent behind the wheel. And he's in a Hendrick car. So it's obviously going to be really good. My number two. Chase Elliott, again, a 2020 champion, won five races last year. Really good at anywhere they go, whether it's a super speedway, one in Atlanta, one at Talladega last year, uh, whether it's an intermediate, short track, road course. He used to, when they would go to a road course, you might as well, used to just pencil in Chase Elliott as the winner. Uh, so, obviously, super talented. He's my number two. And then number one, I've got Joey Logano. Won the championship this past year. I know if you look back at the odd years, it's an odd year, even year thing with him. If it's an even year, he's in the final four, win the championship. If it's an odd year, he's not. So this is an odd year, 2023. But he's obviously also incredibly talented. That's uh, Mike Hill's favorite driver. He is two-time champion. Uh, there's a story behind that. But – you know, Joe Logano is my number one. He won the championship last year. So that's my top five playoff contenders with three added. So I, I was, after seeing, you know, I had this list before the clash and then watching the clash, I thought, man, maybe I need to go back and, and reevaluate. And then I thought, you know, no, because the clash doesn't matter. Right. They're, they're, they're never going to run at a quarter mile track. It, it's a 27 cars on the track is probably too many to begin with. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. just a, you know, you saw Ryan Blaney get turned early, blows back up through the field, gets back to ninth, and then gets turned again. Yeah. You know, and that's just not going to happen everywhere. So, my my top five are honorable mentions. Um, Ross Chastain, I don't like him, but he's good. He's yeah. talented. If he will just keep his nose clean and – look, you never want to take aggression away from a driver. That's what makes drivers what they were. Dale Earnhardt Sr., yeah. He was an aggressive driver that did what he had to do to win. He didn't do that on lap 10. Correct. And, and that's my biggest issue with Chastain right. is, you know, hey, if you're going for the win you want to put a bumper to somebody, go for it. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not one of these that's going to cry foul on that. But when you move somebody for in 10 laps, 10 laps into the race or 50 laps into a 300-mile, you know, 300-lap race, I have a problem with that. Right. Right. Because those positions, I know they matter, but they don't matter so much that you need to create an enemy list. Yeah. Uh, the other honorable mention, and 
There's a reason behind this. Joe Lugano, he isn't as good on odd years. It, it, you go look at the stats since 2016. He's been in the Final Four every year, 16, 18, 20, 22. He's obviously won two of those, 18 and 22. Um, but he has off years. Now, look, I'm, we may be talking in six weeks and say, man, Lugano's won three races already. Yeah. Um, he obviously picked up really quickly in this car, won the clash last year, um, was competitive all year, extremely talented driver. And the thing about Joe Lugano is he seems like he's probably the, the nicest guy in the world off the track. But when that visor goes down, he is cutthroat. Yes. And he doesn't <clears throat> wreck people on lap 10, but he sure will move you with three to go. Yes, that's William Byron at Darlington. And won't think anything about it. Yeah. And won't apologize. And a lot of people don't like that. But my favorite driver before Ryan Blaney was Carl Edwards. And guess what Carl Edwards did? He yeah. moved people. He moved Kyle he moved, Busch. He moved his, his teammate. teammate. <laughs> I mean, he moved, him and Matt Kenseth had run-ins when they were teammates. Yeah. You know, sometimes people put too much into this whole team thing. At the end of the day, you're racing the win for yourself. Right. And Joe Lugano certainly can do that. And, and so, but my number five, Christopher Bell. Had a really good year last year. Worked his way into the uh, Final Four. Two big clutch wins, the Roval and at Martinsville with the the bonsai move with Chastain. Um, That was kind of – that win was a little less talked about because of that. Bell, really strong year. My number four, just like yours, Ryan Blaney. Um, Consistency is not a problem of his. Consistently closing races is. You know, two years ago he did. He he closed races. And – he wanted Atlanta, tracked down a really good Kyle Larson car. Um, at Daytona, he did what he had to do to be up front. You know with plate tracks, that's what it's about. And, uh, you know, got a, got a caution on the back stretch and, and won that one. At Michigan, also got the lead and held on to it. Yeah. Last year, he just couldn't seem to do it. He ran up front all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he led second or third most laps of the year last year and just couldn't seem to close a close a race and so I think he turns that around this year I could see another three or three three four win season for him this year he's obviously a phenomenal plate racer um he's pretty good at road courses obviously he's won at the Roval but that was a you know a kind of a miracle win for him but he's he's solid there he's really good at the short tracks he's good at Martinsville he's good at Bristol um so uh, Blaney's number four. Number three, as much as I don't like him, is Denny Hamlin. And I think part of this is Denny Hamlin's window is closing. Yeah. Um, you know, how much longer is he going to be with Joe Gibbs? H- how much longer is FedEx going to be in the sport? Um, if he's going to do it, he's going to have to do it soon. He- he's he's probably the best driver that's never won a championship. You know, a lot of people yeah. will probably argue with me and say maybe it's Mark Martin and look, I prefer Mark Martin 1,000 sure. times out of 1,000 to Denny Hamlin. But Denny Hamlin's won 59 races, or 58 or 59 races. I know one got taken away last Three year. Three Daytona 500s. Three Daytona 500s. Um, phenomenal race car driver. Yeah. And, and I like what he's doing with his ownership with Michael Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just don't think he's a very good guy. And I think no. he's a kind of a um, turd when yeah. he races. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. But he's my number three. Number two. Probably my third favorite driver. Um, obviously, Blaney's my number one. Bubba's probably my number two. Chase Elliott, my number three. Got him at second. Um, obviously, he's the model of consistency. Yeah. He's going to win five or six races a year. 
He's going to be competitive at road courses. He's going to do well at the plate tracks, and he's going to be in the Final Four. I yeah. mean, you can pretty much just pencil him in for those yeah, things. Yeah, if, if the playoffs didn't exist, he wins the championship by 150, 200 points last year. Yep, and so he's my number two. And number one, I think he returns to the 2021 form, Kyle Larson. Um, as talented as there is anybody, you know, he has overtaken Kyle Bush in that department, in my opinion, just because Kyle Bush is – Finally getting up there a little bit in age. It's hard to believe, but he's, you know, 40, 41 years old, somewhere in that range. Um, Kyle Larson, extremely talented, good everywhere. Really his biggest, you know, kryptonite is plate tracks. Yeah. But I think he'll continue to get better there racing for Hendrick. Um, and, and so he's my number one, uh, Kyle Larson. That is our power five for top five playoff contenders, championship contenders. And now we're going to move to our power five teams. Top five teams in NASCAR. I'll go ahead and get us started on this one. Man, there's some teams that are not on this these lists. You know, you look at both of ours, and, and you know, neither of us have Stuart Haas on this list. Yeah. And if you would have asked me three years ago For if sure. that would have ever happened, I said, not a chance. Yeah. Um, I really struggled here because – and part of it would have been completely a guess on my end. But I almost put this team that's my honorable mention as my number five, and that's Legacy Motor Club. Obviously, Eric Jones gets a win last year. Noah Gregson's going to be a rookie. But I think that Jimmy Johnson coming on board is a gigantic win for that team. A, they've started out really well already. Their truck haulers are yes. really hot. That yes. black and gold, man, looks good. But it's not about looks. I know that. But it sure helps. Yeah. And so – I bet if we went to Martinsville again to their camper lot or the, the RV lot, they probably have nice RVs. Probably so. Trackhouse-esque. Trackhouse yeah. has some nice RVs. For sure. Um, but Legacy, they're an honorable mention. Number five, Trackhouse. Um, and it's really for one reason. It's Justin Marks. Yeah. Um, I think Chastain's talented. Suarez is talented. But Justin Marks gets it. Yeah. He, he is um, the epitome of what you need in this era of NASCAR owners. He's sinking money into it. Uh, you know, Pitbull's a co-owner. Obviously, there's money there. Um, track house number five. This is where we differ a little bit. I've got Gibbs number four. And part of that is you've lost Kyle Busch. Yeah. You've lost a two-time champion. Martin Truex, this is last year running for Joe Gibbs. You know, we've talked a little bit about it. I think this might be his last year, but does Junior start a team next year? And Truex says, hey, I'm going to go help my buddy start a team. Right. You know. Uh, mold some of these young drivers, but I just I think Christopher Bell is is and, and Denny Hamlin are still really good, and I think that these teams from two to four are pretty interchangeable. Yeah, number three RCR, that's the Kyle Busch effect. I, I just sure. I think that it's a team that won four races last year and they didn't have Kyle Busch. Well, Kyle Busch is getting in at minimum the same car. Yeah, you know he's going to be look Tyler Reddick's talented yeah but Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch so could I see them being a six or seven win team this year for sure could I see him pushing Austin Dillon to become a two-time race winner absolutely he's great at plate tracks he's good at intermediates yeah my number two Penske we obviously know defending champion consistent consistent Ryan Blaney um, Austin Sendrick who if he didn't win the Daytona 500 last year, it was a disappointment. Right. But he was fast. He won a bunch of poles. Yeah. Um, he's a road course racer, really good at that. 
and I think he's only going to get better. I don't really like him. No. I don't really like Penske, to be honest with you. I, I, I wish Ryan Blaney raced for someone else, but he doesn't. So <laughs> right. I'm not a big Joe Logano fan either, but but good, talented group. And number one, and I think this is like, you know, comparing an NFL team to some college teams. And I know that sounds crazy because we're at the pinnacle of motorsports. And, you know, Penske just won a championship. But consistently, week in and week out, long, you know, far and away, best team. Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So my top five, and a couple of honorable mentions, you know, I also think Legacy uh, is going to be a good team. I do think that they'll they'll win some races. Uh, Eric Jones will probably be in the playoffs. Having Jimmy Johnson on helps considerably. 23-11, you know, Bubba Wallace uh, won the, the Taldega race. We were at in 21. People can say, oh, it was a, a rain shortened, and it was, but he was – Fast all day. And then he shut people up and won at Kansas last right. year. Like, so that that's the problem is we know, we understand there's a gigantic group of people out there with hatred for Bubba Wallace. Yeah. He's a talented race car driver that wears his emotions on his sleeve. The thing that's gonna look bad on him is what happened with Kyle Larson. Right. And that was a terrible decision on his part, terrible look. You don't wreck someone at 150 miles an hour. Yeah. And then get out and try to beat the crap out of them, right? Like, that right. was probably not the best move no. on his part. But talent-wise, you can't deny that he is a talented driver. Um, he's going to be there in every plate race. He's yeah. a good intermediate driver. He's only going to get better. Yeah. And then, obviously, bringing on, you know, Kurt Busch doesn't formally, but retires from full-time. He's still not cleared to run a cup car. Uh, so they bring Tyler Reddick on a year early. I think Tyler Reddick is a really good driver. Won three races in that eight car. Could have won probably two or three more. Uh, so obviously I think they, they take a step forward. Both those cars could be in the playoffs. Uh, Stuart Haas, if you'd asked me this, like you talked about three four years ago when Harvick was winning eight, nine races a year, when Boyer was winning races, when Almirola was finishing fifth in the points winning races. But, man, right now – Harvick's on the way out, you know. Um, Ryan Priest comes on in the in the 41 car. I think Briscoe is a, is a good talent and can win some races. Um, but Almirola comes back, but he's not, you know, he'll he'll win a race every now and then. So Stuart Haas is on the outside looking in in my top five. But my top five, Trackhouse number five, <clears throat> all the reasons you talked about, Justin Marks gets it. Man, they, they're pumping money into that. They've got two talented drivers, got really good sponsors lined up. My number four, and again, the Kyle Busch effect, RCR. If you'd asked me this three years ago, RCR wouldn't have been in my top five. Uh, but I think Kyle Busch coming on makes that team better. It makes Austin Dillon better. I think you've, you're looking both of them could be in the playoffs. Uh, my number three is Penske. If you take out Austin Sendrick, and it's just Ryan Blaney and Joe Logano, I would kind of have them up a little bit higher. But, you know, and Cendric's a good driver, don't get me wrong, and I think he's going to have a fine career. But he's obviously not at the level the other two are. Joe Logano, champion, Ryan Blaney, Mr. Consistency, leads a ton of laps. Hopefully this year wins some races. Uh, my number two is Gibbs. You know, you've got – you lose Kyle Busch, yes – but you've got Denny Hamlin has won multiple races, Daytona 500s. Christopher Bell is an up-and-coming driver. Ty Gibbs is only going to be the the sky's the limit for this guy 
if he can control himself on and off the track. Um, then you got Martin Truex Jr., who had a down year last year, but knows how to win. Like we said, the clash really don't count for anything. They're not going to run that, but wins the clash and was super fast in the clash. So I've got Gibbs at number two, and then obviously far and away, number one team. All four drivers in the playoffs last year, 11 wins, two out of three last championships is Hendrick. Yep, no doubt. I think we're – I think most people would say that if someone has an argument of why they're not the best, I'd love to hear it. So that's it for our Power Five this week. Again, brought to you by NC's Campers. We appreciate everything they do for us. And uh, if you need a camper, give them a call. Uh, you will not regret it. Contact Joe, 419-575-2264. And now it's time to move into the Big Boys Corner Picks. Our Big Boys Corner Picks is brought to you, as always, by Tennessee Bonding Company. Look, we know no one wants to have to use a Tennessee, uh, use Tennessee bonding, right? We know that having to have a bonding company, you're in a situation that you don't want to be in. But here's what I can say. Courtney and Nate at Tennessee Bonding Company, two fantastic people that I've known for a long, long time, um, dear friends, uh, you know, would consider them family and, and great compassionate people that can walk you through um, if you unfortunately need to use them, they can they can be there for you and and uh, you know make it a smooth and easy process and um, you know that that's kind of what you're looking for in a situation like that. So if you need someone, call Tennessee Bonding Company. Ask for Courtney or Nate at eight six five two five five three three six one. So excited about what we're gonna do with our um, big boys corner picks going forward here. Um, obviously, football's over. Um, you know, we can still do some college basketball stuff, and we'll, we'll do that with a, with our uh, tournament. But um, what we're going to do is there are 36 races, and there are 36 chartered teams. We are going to pick one person a week, and when we pick them, we can't use them again until the playoffs. So, essentially, we have 36 drivers for 26 weeks. So there's some strategy there. You know, if someone picks someone that, you know, you're at a track and, and you, you, you want to use a throwaway, use a throwaway, right? You want to yeah. go throw Cody Ware in there, <laughs> you know, that that's certainly the opportunity to get rid of them and save some of your better ones for later on. So um, we're going to pick the Daytona 500. Obviously, we've talked a lot about it. Super Bowl and NASCAR, it's the race that, you know, everyone looks forward to, you know, was it three years ago, 2020, Donald Trump shows up, drives the – bulleted limb I don't know what it's called but that <laughs> beast. The, the beast around Daytona 500 the Daytona look I don't care if you like them or not it was pretty cool yeah. to see the to see the Air Force One fly in no different than back when uh, Reagan Ronald Reagan gosh <laughs> your favorite president ever and I can't even think of his name when Ronald Reagan flew in and, and fl- you know seeing him fly out in the pictures and, yeah um, everyone wants to be a part of it right and so but it's a track that you, you, there's people don't realize plate race, and they think, oh, you just got to be able to draft. Now you got to have strategy. You got to know how to get in the front and stay out of the trouble, or drift back and stay in the back and stay out of trouble, and know when to move and know when to lead and and uh, fuel strategy. And so we're gonna pick this, and uh, I think we're both gonna pick what I would consider plate ringers. You know, guys yeah. who are plate plate track, you know, specialists. So. Um, Nick, why don't you tell me who you got? 
So for my pick for the Daytona 500, I'm picking Bubba Wallace. Here's a guy that has one at a plate track, one at Talladega we went to, is always up front at Daytona Talladega, up front when they ran in Atlanta, which is now basically a plate track. And has finished second in, I believe, two Daytona 500s. Finished second when he was in the 43 uh, with Petty and finished second uh, last year uh, to Austin Cindric in the 23 car. So I definitely think, even if he doesn't win it, I definitely think he's going to be up there in contention. He's going to lead laps. He's a really good plate racer. Uh, so my pick for the Daytona 500 in the 23 car is Bubba Wallace. Yeah, that's a that's a really good pick. Again, you know, if you go look at um, average finishes, you know, over since 2020. So yeah, that'd be since the Daytona 500. Um, and so there's been six races, six plate tracks in there um, that they've raced that since then. Um, Bubba Wallace has an average finish of 11.9. Um, apparently, the, I'm sorry, it's 12 races, not six. Yeah. There's two at each. So in 12 races, he's averaging finish of 10, 10.1. Um, two D- DNFs in there, um, had a low finish of 24, um, but he has won, obviously. Um, won at Talladega, um, led 70 laps, so there, there's a whole list of guys that you can throw in there that, you know, Chase Elliott's really good at plate tracks. Denny Hamlin, yeah. I mean, he's won three of them. Joey Logano. Joey Logano is another one. Um, I'm picking Ryan Blaney. I know that's an easy pick for me, but he's been so close so many times. You know, obviously the year 2020, Denny Hamlin wins. Um, big Ryan Newman wreck. Um, he, he was right there last year. I, I, I mean, if his teammate races him like a good teammate, he probably Blaney wins. wins. Yeah, um, he always finds his way up there. We were at Talladega last year. He he found his way from. At one point, he was in like 14th, and then all of a sudden, you looked up, and there are him and Chase at the front. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick Blaney again, a guy that's led 186 laps at plate tracks and 12 races, um, averages a finish of 10.1. Bubba's was actually 11.9. I was looking at the wrong one. Um, but better than Denny Hamlin, who averages 12.6. Chase Elliott, who's 13.4. There's only three people who average better than Ryan Blaney right now. And Jamie McMurray's one of them. He's only ran once. <laughs> right. John Hunter Nemechek has ran four. Yeah. And Austin Cindric has ran five. Right. And that first place finish helps Austin Cindric's numbers a whole lot. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll pick Ryan Blaney for – this year's Daytona 500. Can't wait to watch that one um, get the season kicked off in the right way. So, thanks for joining us this week on our 2023 NASCAR preview here on the Big Boy Sports Corner. Next week, we're going to look back at the Super Bowl, which happened last night, and break that down a little bit. We'll also talk about the results of the Daytona 500. So, make sure to tune in. And remember to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and like and share our posts. And until next time, y'all be good.